So we just add this as the beginning of the full episode. Oh, that's more editing. Oh, it turns out. So either I make it more complicated and then I have to edit anything and you laugh, or we just go 100% and then full throttle all the way through. Mm-hmm. Back at it again right. like we never left. Coke and Dick. Dick and Coke. We are the lethal weapons. Hey, Dad. Hey, Coke. Knock, knock. Who's there? Candace. Candace who? Can this fucking door open or what? It was a good f block. It, it took them what? 14 years? 15 years? 14 years, and it was a good f block. You know why? Because it was just kind of in there. Yeah. Point of frustration. It wasn't like violence or anything. It was just, you know, we all felt it. So this <laughs> is kind of the perfect episode because we're at the point of kind of frustration. <laughs> we're not at the point of violence yet, but we're like, you know what? If we can just get this fucking episode done. If we can just get it rolling, we're good, you know? We'll see. We we can get it rolling, we're good. We'll see. Oh. Anyways. We're talking about Guardians of the Galaxy, which is... Guardians of the Galaxy's Galaxy. Very nice. This may be That's this it. may be the Marvel's uh, uncut gem, because I don't think they knew what they had when they had it, and then constantly found more and more life and, like, threads to all their other properties based on what... This little ragtag group of uh, superheroes did coming together. Yeah, of course. Before we get into all that, though, this is Comic Patrol. Please like and comment. <laughs> I always, I, I always feel because I'm like, a, I'm like, that must be so weird to say for podcasts to say it over and over every time until it turns into, we, a, and we never no, say it until it turns into a reflex. And we haven't done where we just recorded and added in everything. So, say it again. That's right. No, no, we no, no. We're we're raw dogging it. Whatever, whatever podcast things host you use, just like and comment. Check out our socials: Twitter at Comic Patrol, email Comic Patrol Pod at Gmail. Uh, if you like what you hear, even if you also even if you don't, what's yeah, that? Even if you don't. Even if you don't. You also, our last few episodes, we've done a couple arc analysis, which is where we focus on one book. Last few have been The Valiant, uh, Chicken Devil Volume 1 before that, Under Pressure, Callie before that, Six Gun Gorilla, a whole bunch of stuff. We haven't done an episode in a long time, and this is like a full-fledged episode. And, and what that means is that we just kind of do deeper dives. We're not just focusing on one book. We're focusing on more than that. And this one, like you were saying at the top, The Guardians, baby. Starting with the movie from the 2014. So you know what's cool about these movies is that I uh, I wrote down what number they are in the sequence too. Okay, so the, so we're talking. We're talking no, no, we're talking about Phase One, right? Like this was part yeah. of the original rollout. So people weren't even looking at this as a thing when we first heard that we were going to get an Iron Man and a Captain America 
and a Thor and an Avengers. Nobody was like, oh, we're getting a Guardians of the Galaxy too. Like, the fanfare wasn't as big in the beginning compared to we're on the heels of them finally dropping the third and last volume of this. Yeah, the first um, the first Guardians was part of Phase Two, but I think it was it was announced during Phase One, and it was like you're right because it was the first one that was like who. <laughs> <laughs> and it was 2014 it was actually the 10th mcu flick which is kind of cool because if you uh the so the first one came out in 2014 it's the 10th mcu flick uh volume two came out in 2017 it's the 15th mcu flick and then there's volume three which came out the uh, 2023 this year is the 32nd mcu flick so it was like it, it jumped there was like five movies between the first two and then what, 15, 16, 17 between the, sec- the second and third, including the holiday special, which we can touch on here too. Yeah, and then they still manage to squeeze as much out of this IP as possible too, right? Like they make appearances yeah. in Thor movies, uh, Avengers, Endgame, and Infinity War. Um, there was always talk about what's going on with these characters and kind of a love from the fan base to be like, we want more of these guys, right? There was even a little controversy with James Gunn. Like there was a chance that he may not return to direct this little ragtag group of actors and uh, heroes and because there's such a love in i don't know what's the word of the camaraderie and connection and kind of con- connectivity you you can companionship yeah you can see how much they like each other on and off screen that they all kind of rose behind him and said no no we need him back if we're going to finish this and do it the right way which was a good look because here we are looking back already and uh you'd be able to tell if it wasn't a gun property and now he's gone too. And what what first thing I sent you after I watched volume three, I was just like, Man <laughs> they've they messed up losing gun. They they messed up losing gun because now he's gonna head on DC, which is good for them. Good for us too as fans, because we can see maybe a, a coherent DC universe. Well, we've been seeing you know. that, right? Like we have uh we're in talks to do episodes about Gun's previous already uh additions to dc which were peacemaker that's right and suicide squad so yeah the suicide squad yeah. the suicide squad um it's easy to see that james Gunn kind of loves where he is and kind of in his bag but when he lets when he can let his kind of imagination roll you can kind of trust him with your property and your ip for him to create something that's magical he's really good because because he kind of <sighs> watching these three movies again well the first two again and then this this third one this new one it's interesting because the tone, the, the characters change. The tone is pretty much the same, and he does a he does a mostly really really good job, especially in the first one and the third one, balancing the humor with the with this with the serious tones and stuff like that. The second one, not as much. I think that's probably my least favorite of the three. But um, it's interesting how the first movie really became and still is the MCU blueprint. Like it's like you had nine movies before it that were kind of hit or miss and mostly, mostly hit, I think, but people didn't like the Thor movies that much, but then now we're having a bit of a revision history. Now it's like, Oh wait, we missed those Thor. (laughs) Like it's kind of weird, right? Yeah. But this one was, well, yeah, again, I'm glad you corrected me of when the correct phase that it dropped, but if you're looking at phase two, phase two was not a great phase, right? Like, Oh, it was all sequels, right? Yeah. It was Iron Man three, which was, we had to go back to be like, we loved it. Inevitably, because it was a great movie up until kind of the final reveal, and that either left a bad taste in most Mandarin fans' mouths, or they're smart enough to know, like, okay, you have to change some things in order for it to 
make sense in this world. So that took revisionist. At the time, I remember people just being like, "No, why?" And then, oh, we were. I remember you and I, we, we were going furious. On. I was. I well, we, we started the whole like you trevored it, you trevored it, and then yeah, that's we, right. We set yeah. up for like a good year. Thor: The Dark World, which is how they show us another uh, Infinity Stone, but like that's still where they were figuring out what Thor is. So that movie was too serious and then too dark, but like not really good. Um, they had good characters in it but didn't really gel to what they had built in the first phase. So, like, Thor was already kind of on rocky ground. And the bleached eyebrows. Oh, oh. <laughs> you had Captain America Winter Soldier, which nobody was expecting, but it was amazing. And That's still one of the best. I think it's still top five for me. And th- so, like, the next three rollout was kind of cool. Like, the, they ended that phase pretty well. Then you get Guardians for the summer. Uh, Avengers Age of Ultron, which revisionist history, again, like, people didn't mind it didn't love it but like now we look back we're like it's not bad like it's just yeah i think people were a little hard on that one and then ant-man and the first time we were getting ant-man was like okay like we can take some paul right here so it wasn't their strongest phase but definitely guardians was i think again the gem in that rollout from 2013 to 2015 i agree and it's really like i said like i was saying before it's really become the blueprint for not even just Marvel movies, but just movies in general, like comic book movies and stuff. They all they all try and they mostly try and fit into that mold, and that's kind of it's not James Gunn's fault, but it's kind of become outdated now, like overdone. Yeah. It's kind of like guys, you gotta listen. I know that one worked; it was great. Excuse me, but you gotta like pull back a little bit, do your own thing. That's what's kind of cool about this phase of Marvel is they are trying to do new things. I think like letting Sam Raimi direct that Dutch strange movie and giving Taika what he did a bit more rope. It's just the problem is they're not working out well, <laughs> you know? So it's like, they're trying, this is a big experiment with the phase, but we're not talking about the phase four or phase five right now. We're talking about guardians. So going to that movie, yes, it has become the blueprint for MC movies and comic movies going forward. And all about like the formation of the, of a motley crew, you know, like, yeah, Everything's doing that. Even the Suicide Squad. I know it's still James Gunn, but it's the same sort of idea, bringing up a bunch of ragtag, like a ragtag group of and kind of catch, nobodies, catching all these A-list celebrities before they even like really blew up. Like we were yeah. still kind of on the pulse, but no one really had seen them blown up to this type of level. Like this all shot them through into the stratosphere. And I'm including the voice acting, right? Like the voice acting coming from two titular characters kind of put them on a completely different map. It's always weird because in their own right, they're both celebrated actors, but it's not until they kind of join into the MCU that they have all this more now fanfare. So let's get into the casting, right? Let's do it. Um, we're talking about the first original Guardians of the Galaxy 2014, directed by James Gunn, written by James Gunn and Nicole Perman. Um, we have Chris Pratt playing Peter Jason Quill, Star-Lord. Uh, the lovely, lovely Zoe Zandana playing Gamora. Lovely, lovely, lovely. Dave Bautista playing Drax, the Destroyer. Uh, first of our voice actors, Vin Diesel playing Groot. I am Groot. This man managed to squeeze millions of dollars off three words, which is that's crazy. Kind eh? of amazing. <laughs> and then I love you guys. Kind and then like that came at the end. Yeah. And then Bradley Cooper also squeezing out, and maybe one of the strongest characters. Now that we're looking back at all three. Movie. It still doesn't sound like him, eh? No, it does. Do you think yeah. so? I don't. I don't I... When he gets angry, that's when you see a pop up. Because I've, oh, I've I seen more so. Bradley Cooper getting angry. Movies. It's like, yep, there he is. 
when he's an ass, you, you kind of hear the hungover or hangover. Bradley Cooper. Oh, you know what's funny? I only I only saw the I think the first hangover. It's the only good one to see. Uh, playing Rocket, we have Lee Pace playing Ronan, the accuser. Michael Roker playing Yandu. Karen Gillian, the lovely, lovely, playing lovely, lovely. Nebula. She's adorable. She does. So, and in it the entire time, like you don't realize how much her story kind of grows along with everybody else. She's important. She's important uh, uh, through the saga. Uh, Digimon Hunzu playing Korath. John C. Riley mm-hmm. <laughs> playing Corpsman Day. Glenn Close playing Nova Prime. Benicio Del Toro yeah. playing The Collector. Sean Gunn playing Craglin and On The Set Rocket. I love that they always mention that On The Set, he's walking around in the CGI suit uh, playing Rocket the Destroyer. Sorry, Rocket uh, the Raccoon. Peter Sesfowenitz, I definitely said that incorrectly, but he's Denari Sal, and he gets the great line of, like, they all look like a bunch of a-holes. Let's get into it, because like uh, the Nova Corp says, they're all basically starting this movie kind of as a bunch of a-holes right like they all have their own little hang-ups and they're all different levels of mercenaries or revenge artists just trying to get together well not even trying to get how, together trying to get this MacGuffin, which is this little orb that they've started how, how long has it been since he rewatched this uh because it's been a few, it's been a few years it has been a few asking. years I, I typically end up watching this like once a year because it's still Do you? okay it so still you. holds up for a lot of it's for great. a lot of cheat codes and just to go back to this kind of family is always fun. I think I actually, I think I actually liked it more this time because it had been a few years since I've seen right. it, and the charm is really, oh, yeah. really just obvious. I'm like, man, this is so much fun. It's like this is crazy. Like when they're the part in the city where they're, excuse me, when they first meet all each other uh, and they're all yeah, and they're all chasing, they're all doing each other, their own little like thing. Rocket and Groot are trying to capture Quill for the uh, Quill for the bounty. Gamora's trying to the catch bounty. Quill for the orb. Yeah. Quill is trying to get the not the collector, but like another pawn dealer to pay his money. And they all have their little quirks, right? Like they're all trying to be I love little it. individual and selves. I, and and Stanley's a, a Mac Daddy, right? So it's like yeah. it's, <laughs> it's it's that's that scene right there. I'm like, oh, this is so much fun, man! It's so like crazy and like it's just silly but fun, and you don't know what's gonna happen next. And then I think from that on, the um, the prison breakout scene is the standard of the movie. Like that's like where they get everything together and. And that's where this team starts to form. Drax joins the fray. And he's very intimidating, actually. I forgot how intimidating yeah. he was when they first introduced him. He's like this big, serious... He's in jail. He's been waiting. Like He's yeah. looking for his revenge. I'll even go back to uh, when the Nova Corps all capture the four in the city. They even call Rocket by his actual like government name, which is like the 912... Uh, what's the code name that he has? Which I noticed for the first time because that finally pays off. Watching this movie again, you get to see all the payoffs that kind of gun set in place. Oh, the nine one two three or whatever. Yeah. I didn't realize yeah. that they actually call they him. Call him that, well, they don't call they don't know him as Rocket, but he would be kind of lo- filed away. noted in the system as his government name, which is kind of uh, those call letters, which is kind of cool. Um, the prison scene may be the best scene because one, you actually get to see them. Well, you you get that great scene of. When John C. Riley's actually going through, which each character is, and you get to see their mannerisms, he's he's great. Too. Yes. John C. Riley, and you sparingly, right? Like he's not overtly in it, and anytime he's in it, you just laugh because you love John C. Riley. But they use all the stuff that ends up in the trailer, which is all their individual cuts and what they are, and kind of their breakdown, like a, a good comic book trope, right? Um, yeah. You get their name, what their code name is, 
and their personality pros, right? So you see Rocket, they have to drop the camera, and he's, he looks pissed off. Groot doesn't really understand, can't fit in the camera frame, so has to bend over. Gamora looks like she's ready to oh. kill somebody, and Peter Quill is working his little machine, which, oh, I didn't know it did that, which is him giving them the middle finger, right? And then from... It's funny how, how she's like... Her character's really gone through changes yeah. from her debut to, I guess, her finale now, uh, depending if Zoe Saldana comes back. And I don't think she is, but um, okay. yeah, she's gone through a lot. I, I think out of all of them, she's gone through the, well, I mean, she died, but she's, she's gone through but the, to your point, the most. Right? To your point, that's why she went through changes, because in the she gets all of that kind of character arc in this movie and, I guess, Infinity Wars, because she has those moments. And that was a cool thing about the Avengers, those Endgame Infinity Wars. They split the characters up. So yeah. you got to get more from Nebula from her end. And then you got to get a lot from Gamora and her backstory and how she's actually like the daughter of Thanos, but how she became the daughter. Um, so you get all of her angst and understanding of why she feels like she had to be her own and like keep to herself and kind of not trust anyone. But it's these movies that you get to see her flower and become part of a family and kind of lower that guard. So by the time the third one comes around, yeah, you see that revert again and it's a different version of her. So there's a lot to do. I'm glad you said that too, because the, the, the theme in this one is kind of from what I can see is all these characters have serious family issues and it makes their bonding that much more believable. Cause it's like, they all have, they literally all have issues with the family. Drax has lost his Gamora's was abusive. Quill's like, in a different ga- galaxy, literally. Groot, who knows, and Rocket, well, you don't know what it is at this point, but you know it's bad. Well, you, so they all he doesn't like getting called there. rodent, and that's the the theme yeah. with every time they meet oh, him. Was... Yeah, they keep calling him a rodent, or like a trash panda. Or she rocket. called me a rodent. Yeah. And you, you, he has that kind of breakdown, and you yeah. don't notice it till you notice it till we're looking back of like how much this really affects him. Like this, what he's his internal struggle may be one of the largest because of what he had endured to get to this point. So, um, I also really like Drax's evolution in this movie too, or his arc, because he, he's so dumb. Like he's so hell not like not like stupid dumb, but like dumb in a way that's hell bent on just obsessed with revenge. Yeah. So much so that he puts the entire team in danger. And then yeah. some in like complete danger just because he thinks he can take Constantly. on Ronan. And it's just like when he calls them in, when he calls yeah. them in and they just they all just land. <laughs> just he just he messes everything up with just that one call. It's like, what are you doing, man? And he gets called out for that, right? Like Yeah. You get to see how none of these guys have really worked as a team. Um in Quill's kind of background, he's with the Ravagers, but not really. Like he, the second he can break away, that he can break away, right? Like he learned with the best pirates of how to like steal and kind of conquer the world by learning your own merits. But when he has to actually work with a team, he has to switch himself. Rockets only had to look out for Groot and they've always been each other's back and forth, so I haven't worked with the team kind of thing. Gamora has all that stuff built up with Nebula and now, like, Ronan in this, so initially she's figuring out can I even trust my sister, let alone my family, let alone what Ronan wants me to do? There's a lot going on for essentially what is supposed to be I guess a family movie. This is like the, the most PG-13 family movie because you find out that all these guys have hearts of gold, but initially they could all just be a-holes, which I love that they yeah. keep calling them that. 
Yeah, they do keep coming. <laughs> There's a bunch of hate holes. Uh, and the team is, f- yeah, the team is. Um, it's interesting because we have no. The interesting, the, the cool thing about this team when we first met, I know we talked about this before, but we have no background on any of these characters from previous movies because a lot of them, like a lot of a lot of Marvel movies, would, would launch pad, use other movies as launch pads, right? Black Widow and Iron Man two, um, even the cameos at the end of the end of the movies for whatever. In this one, you're just going in fresh oh, yeah. and you get to introduce them all at once so you you kind of gauge them as they go along which i think makes the movie stronger because it's just like okay we have no point of reference we're not even on earth yeah <laughs> let's just get re- so if you buy into it it's just like i think that was that's part of why everybody loved it so much because it was just a break from everything else going on that and like um, it feels like a world lived in right like i feel like yeah. james gunn was definitely didn't shy away from sets it's it's got their share of cgi we'll talk about that i guess each third act is kind of increasingly like we have to up the ante of CGI and kind of the CGI final battle. But the day to day, you feel like they're living in this world. They're going to this city. Yeah. They're going to this town. They're going to nowhere. This ship. Even in lovely. nowhere. Yeah. It feels really cool. And you love it. Right. Like even the throwaway line of uh, Gamora saying to Quill, like your ship is filthy. And it's like, man, if, if you had a blacklight in here. Place like a Jason Pollock <laughs> flick, right? So like you love it because it's aimed as a family movie, but it's not. Like it's so this is a movie for us because they're really not pulling those punches. Like they kind of each know who they are. Even in the beginning, like Quill doesn't even remember that he has a girl like in his ship when he's trying to get away. From That's them. right. Yeah, he doesn't know her name yeah, yet. He's like, what's, what's her name again? Right? Did you forget my name? Like, ah. No, wait. Don't pick that up. And then it's so. I love how this movie doesn't try and catch up the audience. It's kind of go, 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 at least to get us all to, I think, both of our favorite scenes, Where we... which is the prison, right? And yeah. I love the fact that in the prison is the way that you unite them. The, the easiest way to unite them is to put them on the same uniform, and you kind of see their personalities of how they wear the uniform because they all wear it differently, right? Like, Oh, that's interesting. Take. Yeah, yeah. Well, Drax never wears shirts, so he's only in pants. Um, yeah, that's right. Rocket obviously has his own fit, but he'll never have sleeves. Uh, is gonna have a female fit to it. She makes her own, and then Peter kind of wears the standard. Um, and then Groot doesn't wear it at all. But Gunn is really great of giving us those shots of all the team walking slowly towards camera together, and you get a feel of whether they know it or not. This is the guys that you want to root for. So, no, I always appreciate that. That it was that. Sorry, that and the theme of. Rocket always wanting somebody's limb or like a piece of somebody's body part, which comes up in all three movies. That was great. He's always messing around with them. Which is another. Hey, give me that. It's kind of a callback to his like his upbringing. Like I don't know, we're jumping up uh, all over the place, but as like a a byproduct of a man who would just assemble different pieces onto animals, he always finds it funny. So maybe that's kind of like a weird uh, psychological thing, but he's like, yeah, bring me that guy's foot. I need that guy's foot to make this ball. Yeah. That guy, uh, and then he gets it. Like, what, <laughs> you know what I do to get that guy's leg? I had to pay him. He's like, yeah, but he looked funny hopping around. Yeah. yeah I always hear Bradley Cooper. In him. It's awesome. The one, the one thing that I would say that I kind of doesn't hit for me is the, is the very ending. If we can jump forward, yes, we don't spend too much time on the first two movies, but it's like the, the, the dance off. You didn't like that? And then, Come on. I didn't like that. And then it's like everybody holds hands and we win. And I was like, that's kind of, kind of, well, because the reason why I didn't like that is because 
Ronan is just like a, he's like a nothing. Like they've built him up to be this incredible force, and even the fight the fight he has with Drax, he just dummies him, and then all of a sudden he's just. He's distracted. He's like, "What are you doing? What do you just? What do you just crush him? Like, you know what I mean?" So it's like, I don't oh, you know. can't crush him. I'm, he's too strong. I'm not. Ne- oh, Quill. Oh no, sorry. Uh, I thought you were talking about Luna. No, I'm. Just, oh no, I meant when Quill starts dancing. When he just go, go away, bang. Like he's just like, "What are you doing?" And he just kind of. It's. I don't know. It's a little. It took me a little bit out. He is confused. I know. I'm. I'm nitpicking, but it's like. It's like I don't know. It's just the tone of it kind of weird. Like that's how you beat him. You dance and then you hold hands. <laughs> Like, eh, I think I think the ending could have been a little better than that. There but. are like a couple tropes that keep repeating that turn out to be kind of the great things about um, Guardians of the Galaxy. One, uh, they always find a way to suit up, so they all suited up in uh, Ravager gear, and then they had well, no, this one wasn't Ravager gear. This was kind of like Nova Corp gear because they they team with Novas to help them take down Ronin. Um, the ragtag speech, so like we're all losers. And not actual losers, but we've all lost, right? And then, yeah. and then you get the great line from Rocket is like, all right, fine, we're all standing now. Fine, we're all in. And three, there's always a big gun that somebody builds. And Rocket builds this big gun. And you think it's going to, the big gun to, when they first shoot Ronin, that's going to take him out. And they're all celebrating, and they're like, nah, this didn't even phase him. So I was like the, the mislead of what they think is going to save the day doesn't if they find another way to do it. See, that was a cool scene where they assault, they, they, they kind of infiltrate the ship yes. and everything. That was cool. But it's just, it's just the, where it goes to, I was like, Oh, this is, that's a lame way to end it, but whatever the, the, the movie it's itself is really good and really strong. Um, who's your MVP for the first one? Do you have an MVP for the first one? I just, before we move on to the second, I just one? loved Quill to be honest with you. Quill, yeah. I feel like that was yeah. perfect casting, and this was really before. And I had known Chris Pratt from Parks and Recreation, but this is so far removed from it. This yeah. was his coming out party. We already knew uh, Gamora. Sorry, we already knew Zendaya was a star. We already knew about. I already knew about uh, Dave Bautista, so he was great. But to have this guy running the ship, you kind of had all the faith in the world that wherever this property goes, we're in good spot. Yeah, I think so. I was gonna say Groot, or I mean, sorry, I was gonna say Quill, or. Gamora because I really like Gamora but Pratt was a nice surprise because I didn't know anything about him I didn't really watch Parks and Rec right so yeah. it was like my first introduction to him uh, on to volume 2 three years later what phase are we in now this would be phase what three I, I actually don't know I don't know off it is it's, so it's the end game phase so 2016 to 2019 and so we'll do a quick rollout you get Captain America Civil War cheat code because it's kind of an Avengers movie but still good yeah Doctor Strange 1, Mindbend. We all thought, okay, this could be something good. Yep. Uh, we all know writing on the wall with that one. Then we get Guardians of the Galaxy 2 to start the summer, and then Spider-Man Homecoming to end the summer. So it wasn't bad. Oh, same year as Homecoming. Yeah, yeah that was not bad at all. I'll just give you what else is in that run, because this is, by phase three, they were just squeezing everything together in like the span of like three or four years. This is like when people couldn't get enough of... Marvel, but, MCU, but they could yeah. do no wrong, right? They, they hit all beats. Yeah. So we get Thor Ragnarok, probably the best Thor. Black Panther. The best Black Panther. Uh, top five movie, or top ten at least. Avengers Infinity War, which was just madness. 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 Ant-Man and the Wasp. So this is where they dip, because how do yeah. you come out of that? Captain Marvel, another dip, but not bad. Yeah. Avengers Endgame, where it broke banks. Bonkers. And then ends with Far From Home, where we're like, oh my gosh, like 
Spider-Man, you're still, like, you're the one running the ship now. So a very strong phase. They could have ended it right there. They didn't. Um, but we're at Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. So, so this one, yeah, this one, in my opinion, tries to be funnier, but that's why it isn't. You know, I mean, when I was talking earlier about the tones, how they he, he James Gunn being he who balances out humor with serious moments, drama, yeah. yeah, things like that. This one really tries to be funny, and a lot of that leans on on Drax. I don't know what they're doing with him. I think, I think, in my opinion, he ran his story, his whole arc in the first yeah. movie, and that was done. And then he was just here <laughs> in the second one, and they're like, "What do we do with him?" And now he's like this laughing maniac. Well, and I'm that's like, why they kind of pair him with Mantis, right? They give him yeah. they give him a counterbalance, and that ends up working with him later. But they didn't realize what they were doing initially. So this movie, for the first like two thirds of the movie, I was like, "This guy's annoying." This movie's a, a tale of two halves, right? It's Quill who's figuring out who his dad is, so you get all that family issue, and you get Gamora and Nebula stepping on their family issues as well, and it really works. But the other half is Rocket and Rocket figuring out who he is in this world, right? Um, mm-hmm. Sorry, we didn't talk about the kind of the, the gun trope in the first one of like sacrifice because we lose Groot at the end and you get to see that's you right. get to see all the heart coming from Rocket. In the second one, we have Baby Groot. So that's a moneymaker in itself. And you, oh, that... you, you kind of squeeze all your hilarity off of that. But what yeah. Rocket is doing with Yondu <laughs> and how they figure out they're kind of the same sort of angry person inside they, they, that was cool yeah you start to see these things and these themes that replicate again when we were watching it i wasn't thinking that root is maybe one of the most important characters but you got to see this whole other side when they split the team and this is the kind of first one where they split the team to be like you guys go over here and we're going over here and we'll see what happens right um we already give you the first amount of cast and obviously the director and writer but we'll talk about the cameos because this is the movie of cameos this is when they were really flexing on we know what we're doing now we've marvel's given us the money that we can afford to throw in palm clem tf montreal's own playing mantis i i'm pretty sure i, I butchered that but i don't care um sylvester stallone playing starcock orgorg kurt russell playing igor uh elizabeth debecky playing aisha chris Oliver playing Taserface. <laughs> Tommy Flanagan, the little uh, cameo there playing Tulik. Uh, Laura Haddock playing Meredith Quill. Um, and then Vin Rains is in it. Uh, Vin Rains, yeah. Michelle Yao is in it. Rob Zombie yeah. is an unseen Ravager. Yeah. Uh, Stephen Blackheart as Brawl. Stephen Age as Geth, which is another James Gunn friend because you're seeing another stuff. Uh, David Hasselhoff is in this. Michael Rosenbaum as Martin is, is in this. Yeah. Uh, Seth Green is in this. Stan Lee is in this. James Gunn Sr. is in this. So is his dad. In this. Uh, and Greg Henry playing Grandpa Quill. So you see the flexes of just like, we can get everybody in this. Yeah. Um, bigger budget, a lot more CGI, a lot more of the gang going to different places. Like even it's a throwaway line, but they talk about when Rocket, Groot and Yandu are trying to get back to Ego, how that they like, transport through how many different star systems. And they're like, Oh, you shouldn't do more than 50. And they do like something like a hundred or something like 107. Yeah. The clicks. And, <laughs> and you just see their faces start just <laughs> blurring out. Like, I just love that scene for like what the animators got to do with that. There's a lot of fun happening in here, but this is definitely their, 
too too much of a good thing. Like this is their their buffet. Like they they try and give you as much as possible. Uh, I don't know if it suffers. Even Jeff Goldblum as sorry Grandmaster is also uncredited in this. Miley Cyrus as mainframe. Again, they're in their bag. Really? Yeah. I didn't. <laughs> Didn't realize that. Well, this is like this is at the height of their popularity because everyone fell right. in love coming out of 2014, and so when they're coming around to do Volume Two, everyone's like, "How do I be a part of this world? How do I get a part of this? How do I get?" Also, also, I think this might be this might be Stanley's best com- cameo. I think is this the one with the watcher? Yeah, guys. Hey, where are you going? <laughs> oh, come, oh, come you're, on! Guys. You're my right out of here. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think that's I don't know I'd have to watch them all again but I'm pretty sure that's like a top three cameo it's there. maybe my maybe my personal favorite possibly I, I, I should go back but I remember loving it the first time I saw it and then I watched it again for this and I was like yeah well, <laughs> oh nuts it's, it's the Stan Lee that understands that like he gets to be all these different Stan Lee's so like they even break yeah. the third wall on or the fourth wall on him understanding, but he's talking to the watch because he, show, he shows up twice. Yeah. yeah, he shows up twice. He shows up in the movie and then he shows up at the at the end credits and they're walking away yeah. and he's like, oh, yeah, so that, okay, it's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it's this is a movie of things that work really work and things that don't are just brutal. Like, and most things work for me. It's pretty much the Drax thing that I just I can't stand in, in for at least for the first two thirds I can't stand him. Um, but then there's like Yondu becomes. A huge part of this game. I'm Mary Poppins, y'all. Like that's huge. You you get the amazing Avengers spin because James Gunn does it when they all crash down on Ego, and you get that's right. Drax, Mantis, Nebula, Yondu, Quill, Rocket, Baby Groot, Gamora. And I miss anybody, but like that's a nine-person team, and they do that amazing shot where they circle everybody. They all land, and they're all doing. They all do their one thing to make sure that they can try and take down this. Uh, entire planet right and the fact that we got ego the living planet is just nuts yeah that was a surprise when when that came out in like the presses and stuff was like oh the villain's gonna be ego i was like really wow that's that's gonna be crazy how the hell are they gonna do that and then they bring in the very charismatic kurt russell to just kill it um this is this is also you can start to see a lot of the payouts starting to happen too right they talk about uh in the first movie how Peter could handle holding uh, Infinity Stone, uh, sharing an Infinity Stone, because his blood isn't all of Terran, right? He's got some god in him. And yeah. he finds out where his god blood is coming from, his father. Which then reinforces the first one, because it's like, oh, okay, okay, that makes sense now. Right. It's a bit of a, a retroactively fitting it, but it's actually not, because it works. It's like, it makes sense too. So, or it probably wasn't, it was probably written like that. It's just, you know. You really um, understand kind of nebula's antithesis to gamora because she ends up like momentarily leading the ravengers when they when they capture yondu groot and rocket and deciding what the next plans are going to be her next plan is basically to get a ship and go after gamora and like that whole fight is kind of amazing and sisters that are not really looking to take that fight's great yeah that fight's great not looking to take the knockout shot they just really want to one-up each other which they've been doing since they're um kids but i again i really love that dynamic watching this movie again because we get to see the full scope of how they essentially like switch part like they switch roles they switch seats yeah like one one yeah. goes in and one goes out and now yeah. where they sit now one's embedded in the guardians and one's like no nah, man i'm a ravager for life it's interesting because i wonder if the plan was always to keep nebula as 
part of the team and stuff, or it was just like she was such an interesting character from the first one. That, right. Like you know, we're keeping her, and then she, and she worked, and she, even in the Avengers movie, she's the only one with Tony, right? Mm-hmm. In the space, like it works. She just kind of works. She <laughs> she's a fun character to to because she's different. She's so different than everybody else. Not just the fact that she's a robot, but she comes from a very dark upbringing and, and understands that like, up, yeah yeah so she has a very, the second favorite she wears that chip on her shoulder yeah but she yeah. doesn't let that either she lets that like lead her interactions but she like she's no nonsense like but yeah. she's so valuable to have so it sucks that like it, yes. it took what, one and a half movies for them to be fighting for them to realize like okay wait like, you kind of work better if you're with us than against us right it's that family dynamic of anger and healing and healing and anger um again you get for me another theme of wearing the suits so when they all join up as ravengers they get ravenger suits um you get that great storyline of yandu not feeling that he's worthy enough to be a ravenger even though he's a captain there's a mutiny like he gets a strong strong look in this movie which i don't know what's was originally planned when they were writing all the garden of the galaxy but in terms of comparison with what Quill is going through, right? He's looking for his father, not realizing he had a father figure the entire time, right? So, like, that really plays, especially in the third act. Like, the third act is strong when it comes to emotions. It's just bogged down with as much CGI. Um, But it's... Yeah, that's right. It's fun because you have that whole... Like, everyone's doing their own little thing, right? You have little Groot inside of Ego trying to make sure this bomb gets thrown off. And I remember them doing that scene in the trailer and everybody loving it of rocket explaining push this then this then oh yeah this. and when he freaks out, i was like no not that I one that one will kill us all right? i am Groot. Yeah. i am Groot. yes <laughs> I, I am Groot. yes yeah. i am Groot. no, no. right so. <laughs> i like the fire where doing that same scene he's like can you go talk if somebody has a battery it's like <laughs> Hey, do you know, and you hear Peter oh, calling yeah. to everybody. He's over tape. He's like, hey, come on, you got tape? It's like, no, Drax, you got, tape, you got tape. tape yeah. And they don't follow the action. They stay with Rocket. Why and would I have tape? I don't even have pockets. <laughs> like, you know, Rocket, you're going to be the one that would have tape, right? And you you get their kind of head off, too, because Rocket and Peter are basically vying for control and, like, they both want to be the alpha male because they have that early scene when they both are trying to fly. Um, and, that's right. Yes, that's right. And when Peter's leaving to go visit with Ego, there's that trade-off of like, man, like you don't have to be an asshole to me. Like we we can be friends. And like you see this internal struggle with Raccoon of like with Rocket of I've I've done it this way my entire life. I've had to protect myself from pushing people away. Like I've spent a lot of time with these guys, but it's getting to the point now that I may make some irreparable damage. Right. And it takes some splitting off with Yandu for Yandu to be like, like, what are you doing? Like, I've done this. I've lived this life. And I see you. I see myself in you. It was ama- amazing. So amazing writing, amazing kind of nod to take. Uh, it's, it, it's a really good sequel. Um, yeah, and it is, it's a very, it's not as sprawling as the first one. You know, it's not, it doesn't, they don't go as many places, but the character development is crazy in this from the first one because they all continue on except for Drax they all continue <laughs> on. it's concentrated it's really about family and kind of the internal struggle and everyone's yeah. mini arc and uh you get the setup for the sovereign because they're yes. they're the sub bosses right yes and Adam Warlock yeah and uh 
then we get the payoff. How big of a deal? How big of a deal they become? So who's your MVP in this one? Um, I think I know who you're gonna say, but uh, it's kind of Yandu. Yeah, I knew that was coming, but I was hoping you said that because for me, Eagle, like I love Kurt. He's Rose. great. He's, I, he's great. He's so good at this because he's so like smooth, but then smarmy, and it's like ah. Oh, and kind of the best uh, de aging I've seen done in a long time because he, he yeah. gets the opening scene where he's romancing uh, Quill's mom. He's driving down. I was like, I've seen that Kurt before. Like I've seen that guy in movies. He looks good, right? Yeah. He's got the luscious locks. It works for him. Yeah, but it, it's definitely yeah. I agree. It's definitely between him and um, and Yondu because they they both like Yondu's like a th- not throwaway character in the first. He's just kind of like a side character yep. in the first, and now he's a main player and very impactful scenes, especially in the third act. And they give the nod to the original Finn, right? Like before, he's just using kind of the semi plate, like right. the little yeah. bus saw, big and then they have that whole scene of like, okay, group, go get this Finn, and he comes with an eye, a toe, a desk. A chair, a hat. That's right, yeah. It's like, no. And then it takes Craglin to be like, sorry, boss. Here's the fin. And then you see the true fin, which you get to see in comics. And it's really cool, yeah. One of my notes was, goddamn, how many Ravagers they kill. Because there's, there's so, so many, many Ravagers. <laughs> but there's a moment where they're just falling. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> right. Just, that's it's right. raining bodies. <laughs> and you get the slow walk of uh, Yandu, Rocket, and Groot just be like, we like we're the team and it's like i why would you and that seems to be a, a theme that's a repeating theme for rocket and group they they become the wings for whatever hero needs to be in the middle and are they always are they gonna are they all gonna get uh funerals ravager funeral all those people that were no. falling the raining no they're not no. right <laughs> well they, they explode the ship they're like that's it it's like bird but even that was like a like the mutiny and how like Taserface and the whole Taserface stuff is just hilarious. Um, you name yourself Taserface. But the, the they're just throwing them outside the airlock and watching their bodies like freeze up. That was dark, man. They just they throw the one dude in and it's like, oh, wow. But okay, a, a, is... Amazing foreshadowing. Because when we're on Ego and Yondu and Rocket is like, all right, man, I got to get back to the ship. He's like, go. I got one jetpack and I got one. Essentially, they're just like netting that will protect you from the yeah. space gold. And you see him when he's sacrificing himself for Peter. He's like, hey, man, I know you're looking for your father, but you always had a daddy. Yeah, that's right. I'll always be your daddy. And it's sweet, right? It, yeah. it makes sense. Uh, moving on to the holiday special. Oh. I didn't rewatch this for this one because it was pretty It's bite-sized. Basically, it's just a fun little bridge between volume two and three. Uh, introduces sad Peter because a lot happens. We're not talking about the Avengers movies, but they do have the impact of Gamora dying. I will. I will briefly. Um, okay. Go ahead. That Rocket and Groot um, learn how to wing Thor and basically give Thor kind of all the insight he needs moving forward. And that's the team that you watch for Endgame yeah. and Infinity Wars. Right. Fair enough. Uh, but yeah, this introduces Sad Peter. And the bonds the team will go through for each other as another step to becoming like family, family. This is this is basically a Drax and Mantis bonding film, yep. which is cool because they haven't really neither one. Well, Mantis is brand new; he's only been in the one movie. And Drax, they didn't really know what to do it in that movie, so sure. they give them something to do, and that's I think that's a good idea. That's a nice direction. Um, and you get the full circle of Kevin, Kevin Bacon, which is her, Kevin Bacon, <laughs> which is how, which is a a, a a consistent reference from Peter Quill. And 
I love that he talks about Footloose in the first one, and Gamora yeah. doesn't understand why all, this town has a uh, all their sticks up these butts. And he's like, no, 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 it's not like that, right? So it's not like that, yeah. It's fun. So it's cute. I, you're I like, watch it. You're like Kevin time. Bacon. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, say that again. I talked to him. I know it's fun. It's cute, and I actually watched it for the first time. I didn't watch it when it initially came out. I just been saying. I didn't think so. I was, yeah, you didn't. I watched it when it first came out, but I pretty much remembered everything. Uh, most things they introduced Cosmo in this too. Right? Yes, and yes, and she's great. introduces them taking over nowhere, right? Like nowhere is now yeah. base of operations and Ninja Turtle Groot. Because every time I see that version of Groot, I'm like, you're a Ninja Turtle. He looks like him. Ninja Turtle Groot, and that Peter and Mantis are half siblings, yes, which is he goes wild, super cute. <laughs> he goes, he goes wild. Well, we knew this. He was just yeah. He had a he had a museum of all the girls that he was just banging across the universe. Right? The whole plot was just him trying to like create his own equal. That's crazy. To, like keep that's charging crazy. up. Yeah, that's a that's it's a there's a hole in that plot. Yeah, yeah. That's why I think it's my least. Even though the character development was really good, in that I don't think it's better than the first one, and it's definitely not better than the third one. So, but the characters in that are really, really strong. There's so much to love about that second one, though. Like you can make yes, the know. argument for it, even yeah, of course. Easy. And I think their third act CGI is better than the first act CGI. Yep, I agree. Because it's less like planes driving around, even though there's planes and stuff driving around. But I like the fact that Peter, Yondu, and Rocket all settle into their positions because they they pick some like mining ship to fly around ego that's right peter takes the lead driving but yandu's their support and then rocket knows like all right i gotta figure out the the big guns right so like they all yeah. kind of work out their their issues together on that but yeah the holiday special is cute it's just it's it's fun it's bite-sized but there are some reading actually going through the notes like there are some important things it's it's almost it kind of is a must-watch because yeah. it's like, like you said, it sets up a lot. It bridges a lot. It, you you understand where Yondu loves his little knickknacks that he puts around his dashboard, yeah. and then you understand yep. where Peter gets his blasters from, which is yeah, really cool. The the sibling stuff. The, I love that art style in know. the beginning, right? Like it opens with like yeah, a cartoon, the, a cartoon yeah. of a memory of what they thought Christmas was. Yeah, it's really cool. The Kevin Bacon stuff with the Christmas stuff is just this is kind of for fun. Nothing too serious, but it's fun and it bridges the gap. That and they they found a way to uh, have Kevin Bacon perform his band. In, yeah, that's right. <laughs> in yeah. the movie, I was like, all right, that's how you got him in. I wonder if he, I wonder if he, he probably was like, let me do this. Yes. They probably just like pitched it to him. He's like, I'm, yes. I think yes. like, remember, remember a few years ago he was like looking for work. Yes. He was on like talk shows. Like, you know, guys, like, give me work. He's like, I'll do it, but uh, can I get my band in there? It's like, fine. Exactly. Like, put your band in there. Yeah. And then uh, the Christmas presents. Uh, Rocket gets a. Uh, White Wolf's arm, which I thought was a That's great right. nod. Like he's, he's yeah. got all he's literally got a fridge of uh of <laughs> limbs. <body> yeah. <laughs> Kira Cedric has a voice in it too, right? The real life wife of Kevin Bacon. Um, oh, that's right. Yeah, that's cool. On the phone, yeah. I feel like I, I don't want to say that's right. I don't think I knew that, but I maybe I did. I don't know. It's in the past now. Do you want to move on to the volume three? Do you want to talk about where this all came from first? I feel like. I want to talk about like the comics that it's rooted. I want to talk about what it all came from, but I'll, I want to talk about one cheat code that really worked for the movie run up into this point, and then it kind of sparsed. But I guess I had to, and it's the music. The music seemed to be the most inviting and opening concept to get people to to get the price of admission, because every trailer has an engaging, amazing song from somebody's past. Like, and we're talking 80s, 70s, 60s music 
And that's kind of the linchpin for Peter Quill. Like he's holding on to memories of his mother based on the music that she played for him. And that's how he kind of creates this family. So the fact that Gunn was amazing in his selection of music, but knew where to play it in each of these first two movies, and then I guess we'll say the Christmas special, is amazing and something that's been replicated to the point of its detriment. And I will reference the original Suicide Squad, which tried to yeah, do this tried to do so that. hard that it just did not work because they were going all over the place with it. So when you get to watch these movies again and then you slide into those moments where he slow dances with Gamora because he's listening to the music, right? Yeah. When he's thinking about the death of Yondu and the music that he plays for that, right? When he destroys his ship in the first movie and he opens a gift from his mother and it's another tape. It's all those little touch tones because the music seemed to be the real heart and soul of the franchise. I think I think even... You could argue even Super Mario, that new movie, the movie kind of overdid it. Like, yeah, yeah. Not kind of, overdid it. It's like, but I don't know if, like, except, except for Peaches. Did, Peaches is an amazing song. That's an amazing song. My daughters love it. That's it's all over. It's on rotation. It's so yeah. amazing. But that's a Jack Black. That's a Jack Black right? original. Or there's a difference. You should just let him do the entire soundtrack. Imagine tenacious. He's, imagine tenacious being on a Super All of that sound amazing. Peaches, 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 peaches. Anyways. I love you. So good. So good. <laughs> Mario, Luigi, and a Donkey Kong too. A thousand troops of Koopas could keep me. Oh man, lyrical genius. <laughs> Anyways, I was just, I was saying James Gunn didn't invent um, soundtracks like this in movies, obviously, but he really, really stylized it with that first yes. one. Sci-fi setting comic book characters space adventure space opera space opera and then like 80s music it's like what sure. with like the right. with the bright light like it was a real style that he created and it was amazing a lot of people have copied off of that and that that flows through all these movies even the christmas special where it's just people are kind of like man i wish i thought yeah. of that i bet directors are like man i wish i thought of that and that's that's his style he, and even when he made the suicide school suicide squad movie you still aspects of that right. right he's still got the style it's not so much sci-fi in this one but you know that's his style and, and an amazing calling really card really too well. right like the yeah. budget must have been bananas just for the amount of music that they got but i remember that soundtrack being played everywhere i remember those playlists being everywhere i remember oh, yeah. when they were still dropping cds people were buying volume ones and volume twos of that just oh, they yeah. love that compilation of music it was just good soul music, spot- all right you can go on Spotify and it's all right there. And it's like, this is so there's something lasting about the characters, but there's something lasting about the characters that have the connection to the music that for a generation that had already heard it for a generation that are re-listening, but for a generation that never knew, never heard um, ABC, I want you back. Right. Like, it was like great scene. The after credits where uh, a growing Groot is dancing and uh, Jack's keep looking up to see him stop dancing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, but if you ever wonder where these, Characters came from the Guardians of the Galaxy has been around been around for a while, but the the most notable team or group dynamic that the this these series kind of borrowed off of has got to be, in my opinion, the, the two thousand eight version. Um, that that kind of, that by by Dan Abnett and Annie Lanning, mm-hmm. and that came out of the uh, Annihilation Conquest that launched out of there and it gave Peter Quill kind of Star-Lord the idea to make this team. And it was Star-Lord, Drax, Rocket, Adam Warlock, 
Quasar, Gamora, Mantis, Cosmo, and Tiny Group. He was Luke. So there's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of, a lot of parallels. Group <laughs> being tiny, the team itself minus uh, Adam Warlock, Quasar, and then Mantis came in. But Mantis, the characters, the, the cool thing about this is the characters are some of the characters are very different. Yes. Like Mantis is like a completely different. So, game. Is, like, so is Gamora too. I feel like Gamora is Gamora really more too, like yeah. bloodlusty. Yes, uh, the movie team is very much based off of this makeup, even down to Groot dying and come back. But Peter is more of a Boy Scout in this. He's not. He's not an outlaw. Yeah. They made that in for the movie, so it's it's really cool to see what touches and personality James Gunn gave them. And the writers gave them too. Gamora, like he says, more of a badass, dressed very scantily. <laughs> Drax is less of a gag and more of a stoic hero. Like and like he and like smarter him. too. Like yes. he ends up figuring yeah. out some things that you. Everyone else in yeah. the team wasn't freaking out. He's like the Wolverine almost. Yeah, he's kind of like, all right, like, like when the scrolls all show yeah. up and, they, and start out, he's just like, all right, he just locks and loads. Yep. <laughs> it goes off. When like, everyone thinks it's him, and he's like, no, 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 I had a plan. My plan worked. Yeah. Mantis is way more competent and powerful. Like, she can foresee the future and stuff. The rest are about the same. Like, Rock and Groot are pretty much the same. Um, I just don't like how Rock is drawn. He's, he's like, drawn kind of yeah. funny in this, yeah. He, he, uh, the first. Sorry, well, like he looks like comic relief, but like comparing him to Cosmos, Cosmos looks like a dog, right? And yeah. like it's funny. So I was like, why do you want to make Rocket look more? Uh, did you? Did you, hear, did you hear that, that there was a small? I'm gonna I'm gonna quote the word outrage that they <laughs> they made Cosmo a girl. In the... Really? Why? Yeah. It's like oh, I'm not comic accurate. It's like woke. It's woke. <laughs> It's a fucking dog. Of all, like, of all the things, so <laughs> yeah, exactly. put your pitch That's why I say it's a small outrage. It's probably like two people just like, don't put my woke. Well, you do know that those two people make up like 20% of the internet. So, And our audience. Hey, thanks for listening, guys. We too are with you. <laughs> we want to yeah. bring back male dog bollocks. Yeah, no more bitches. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you got it. You did. You did. You did. You did. The one thing that didn't come to fruition, which was. A rumor that we were hearing the entire run of kind of Guardians of the Galaxy was uh, uh, a podcast favorite, Dick Ryder, Richard Ryder, as a Nova Corpse, right? He makes an appearance in here. They talk about the connection between a few of the characters, which is amazing that they could have done a nod out, but we, we only get the Nova Corpse. We don't get a specific Rich writing actually as a. He's not Nova, Nova, he's not Nova Prime. He's Nova. No, well, they see. He's Nova. They've left. Right? He's just Nova because they've left it wide open for him now because the Nova Corp, Nova corpse is gone. Right. Right. After Infinity War, they wiped are out. wiped out because yeah. there's a Guardians of the Galaxy movie where they get damaged and then Nova and then Infinity War they're wiped out. So they just, they're they're just kind of they set it up for him because they'll be just have the one guy left and he'll just take on the name be Nova. Will he make the Nova corpse again? I don't know, but that's kind of... Which is a sidebar, a sad moment for John C. Riley because the only reason that... Uh, like, there's the whole funny thing of, like, oh, I hope he picks up my dick message. He did, right? Like, and uh, Quill gets John C. Riley's character to believe in him. But the, the trade-off at the end of the movie is, like, Riley's like, I have a family, so, like, you, you help me out. Yeah. Lo and behold, no, they're all wiped out now. So, like, they just get wiped out anyway. Like, done. So, <laughs> yeah. that little heart is gone. Um... But anyways, we, we don't have to talk too much about the book, but that's kind of, if you're if you're interested in going back and reading where it all started from, that's where you start. 2008 Guardians of the Galaxy, Dan Abnett, Annie Landing, Paul Pelletier. 
it's also it's got a it's got a like you were saying earlier secret evasion yeah it's so good which is really cool it's really the first six issues is what we read so for this good. and it's really cool and they, really they cool. really managed to pass the buck really well around here you get yep. you get a good feel of each character and what they add to the team but i love the cheat code of they're all looking back because they keep giving each one the kind of their own talking head as they talk to mantis mantis is i love that yes, the way they write it yeah as mantis is their like psych psych psychiatric kind of yeah, she's like the, doctor. She's the backbone yeah. of the whole team. Like she debriefs them. Yes. She so you get to see how they interpreted each part of whatever mission that they're on, and how they each brought to it, and it works really well. Meanwhile, all these things are happening. You get like a, a major victory that comes through, and like that's all. Yeah, this left stuff, and you're like, oh, and then uh, what's it, Nighthawks in it? And like, it goes off. Yeah. It goes all over the place off the bat. How- so. How they it's how they choose their name too, like how, yes. Um, I will really. Cool I will stuff. continue reading this because it initially it, like you got the love for it because you love the property, you love the characters, and you yeah. kind of read them in the voices that you've heard them in. But they've added so many things that ancillary I've already liked, and I was like, oh, I know this, oh, I know this, oh. So like it's all amalgamated into this one book. So and the characters are different. Yes, and they all live in they all live in nowhere too. It's really cool. There's a lot of parallels, but they're. It's like a different. It's a, well, obviously it's a different universe, but it's like the same thing. But it's like variants of everybody. It's really, really cool. It's really fun, who, especially after you watch the movie. Who's your MVP of the comic run, based on the first arc? Drax. Yeah, he's strong. I think Drax, because he was the most surprised. Like, what is he doing? And then he just kind of, which is which, it makes it even worse in the second movie. It's like, man, they they really just squandered this character. I don't know. I guess it's just nothing to do with him. That's fine. He was, it's not horrible. It's just he annoyed me in the second movie. He's fine in the third. I don't know. Maybe they were figuring it out. He was, he was upset about all the makeup that he had to do. Uh, they sensed that Coke didn't like his character. So they changed him just for me. Clearly, I was going to say Gamora out of the, the, the comic run. I love how strong and assertive she is. But all the backstory, she's like, I slept with this dude and it didn't work out. And like, yeah. now she's kind of got some like hots for this next. Well, same guy. Based on like the way he's talking, but like she does a sacrifice thing and it's crazy, and then she's got this cool partnership with Mantis. It's it's really like Quill that falls to the backside for this one. Yeah, because he's very you know why? Because he's very by the book. By yeah, and he's by the numbers, very typical like main dude, he, right? That's why. That's yeah. what I think. J, uh, James Gunn making him more of like an outlaw was. That's a great idea. That was a really good idea. Well, try, imagine Chris Pratt trying to take it seriously. Yeah. We've we've seen those movies and those movies don't really work well. No, so that was a great idea, making him more of like a a man child in a way, but not like an idiot. He's not. That's the thing is like he's not. I know in in the Avengers movies he's kind of a dummy, yeah. but in in the Guardians movies he's not. He's, like, he's, he's still competent. Yeah, like he, he yes, understands. Yeah. Like oh, I under I still have these set of skills. I may be a drunk or a lush or a cad or like really depressed. Yeah, really depressed. <laughs> When it comes to my team, I'll bring them together. He always has that pep talk. He always has that, like, what are you doing here? And he always has that. He's kind of the most, like, he's the exposed nerve until you get Mantis, who shows what exposed yes. nerve is. But he's always, like, like I'm dealing with some hard stuff, right? And yeah. in the second one, he gives away all those, like, little tidbits to Gamora when he's kind of figuring out how much he loves her. About, like, I used to carry my devil has a hop picture in my pocket and tell the kids that this was my, like, my dad kind of stuff, right? Yeah. Like, you get the feeling that, like, just want to be loved, but like it was hard because the people that love me also said that they wanted to eat me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> that was a joke. Fuck it. Like I love that trade off when they're fighting. Like no, no, man. like I was, I was never gonna give you to this evil man who was a god. Like you're always gonna be one of us. It's like you wanted me for thieving. I was like, this is true, 
but I actually liked you. Like you, like you were, yeah. you were my son, right? So, so Dank, we're an hour and five into it now. What do you think of Volume Three? This is where we're at now. Amazing that Gunn had the foresight to say this has been a rocket franchise the entire time. That's crazy, isn't it? The the shift in focus because the first two are very much about Peter, a little more than everybody else. But in this one, they go, "Now we're done with Peter." Yeah. We, you know who Peter is. We're shifting, and it's good because we do know who he is. We're shifting, and we're showing you the one of the things that you don't know anything about. Rocket's past. So this is now a rocket movie, and that changes everything. I'm not gonna lie. When I when I when I, was, when I went to see this movie, I was like taking a deep breath. I was like, "What are we gonna get here?" I really because I. Really, because you know it's James Gunn's last for Marvel, right. at least for the next little while or long while. So you're like, please don't blow this. It's the last Guardians movie. It's like so treasured, and I think he nailed it overall. But yes, the fact that he switched to rockets, rocket as the main focus, focus, yeah. amazing, and gave us gave us the true villain. I guess of like there, I think there was a way that they could have threaded it for the first movie, but obviously the third movie, and again credit to i guess gun and mcu because the first movie has the first taste of thanos and the connection with the family they could have threaded all three movies to the high evolutionary who's essentially rocket's dad so you yeah. get that theme again like they love family they love hitting you over the hammer yeah. literally with it but we go back to the one thing that rocket has never been able to let go which is where he came from and the way that they managed to do it, because again, we go to even less places in this one. I feel like it's yep. only two locations. I guess so, right? Yeah, I guess so. You just go to different levels in those locations. Yeah, you're right. And they and they bring no more sprung. Yeah, but they bring nowhere, yeah, and right. like they, they finally, and like right. no and nowhere as a character because we've seen nowhere as they go there right. to the collector, and then they lose like like that one chick tries to grab a stone and blows up everything. Then they repurpose nowhere. And like the second one, and then by the third one, like this is ours, this is our ship, and like you have the Guardians as a team, it's established, it's kind of a, a community. How many how many new people are in this? It's pretty much the same cast except for High Evolutionary and Adam Warlock, right? I shout outs to Maria Baklova who plays Cosmos. Um, yes, she's great. She's great. High Evolutionary is Chuaduki Ijui. He's excellent. I think he's. I think he's really strong. he's amazing in this and peacemaker and i'm upset that i got his name butchered but i mean if you a friend of a podcast nothing new here and then <laughs> that's why you read the names that's why i read the names <laughs> and then we have will powter playing uh oh polter sorry playing adam warlock and he was really good too. like all the, the main additions are really good Sparingly. yeah and they didn't overdo him they see that's the thing he, they've powered him down a bit but he was really good <laughs> like because he's kind of like they even say it too, like they rushed his creation. They got him out of the stasis early, right. I guess, because he's a sovereign, right? They're like, oh, they, you know, they, he's he got it early, so he's kind of naive about a lot of right. things. Right, it's true. Which is cool. So that's a good way to kind of rein him in, because if he was very like fully, fully competent and powerful, he would just steamroll the whole team, and he does at the beginning. Yeah. Which is, well, the, I was like, Whoa. he's the whole linchpin, right? Like he gets, <laughs> yeah. and it's a movie that doesn't stop. Like doesn't stop once it gets no. started. Let me just give three shout outs to uh three three lovely, lovely voice acting. Um we have Tara Strong playing mainframe. Lovely, lovely. Lovely. Judy Greer playing Warpig. Lovely, lovely. And the lovely, lovely Linda Cardellini. Lovely. Lovely, lovely. We like lovely. ageless Linda Cardellini playing uh Lila. 
getting another Marvel. She's like the new like uh, Peggy Carter. Like Marvel does not want to let her go. Why? Just, like, Why? We'll, we'll find a way to keep you on payroll. Don't go anywhere. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, sorry. And then again, uh, maybe the MVP of this movie, which is Nathan Fillion playing Master Karaja. Oh, he was his cameo. That's more than a cameo. That was a role. He had a minor role. He did it, it but was like so good. It's because we didn't get what we always thought we were going to get, which was him playing Nova. Yeah. They found a way to find it, like put him in this. Um, like I laughed out loud when he did the like I when they when they you know when they catch him yes. in, in the in the thing in the docking bay, the docking bay, and, and Drax they just treat Drax like he's like mentally slow. Yeah, I got. He's like, I oh, got one of those. You got one of those too. <laughs> <I got one laughs> too. Can't stand just, it. This guy, love him. You're doing a great job, Phil. <laughs> this guy, I thought they had one. It's like don't even talk. Like don't even talk. Why are you talking? It, like they made they made they managed to turn something like far-fetched and out of space and unreal because they're in these amazing suits and like again they're so weird this movie is great for practicality practicality again like you can see where the cgi is but you know there's things that are lived in and it makes it that much better Um, it's almost like james gunn learned from the second one like as you said there's a lot of cgi in the second one and this one he goes back to practical i don't know i said it like that practical effects and it looks more it looks better i like feeling like they're doing and interacting with the things that are happening but he managed a way to turn like something cool like being a space security guard into the mundane and having the people that you hate in your day-to-day job and he's just like i can't stand his face like i don't want to hear anything you say but like that's, like, that's great to everyone that happens it's so good and that's and that's one of like two or maybe three moments and like that doesn't happen to like the third act because this movie does it's two hours and change but it doesn't slow yeah, it's a, but but it's it's quick also we forgot one person uh I can't remember the name. She Luna is it Luna? Daniela Melchior plays. She's from the Suicide Squad. She plays Ratcatcher in the Suicide Squad. Uh, oh, she's actually she is in the movie yes, too. She is it. Una, Una. Let me find her. Uh, what was her name? It was like Una or Luna. Is the girl? I was like, why does she look so familiar? And then when I got home, I looked it up. I was like, oh yeah, that's her. Lovely, lovely. She's lovely. Daniela Mel- Melchior. I think her did name. You find it before I found it. I hope you did. Uh... No, I've, I'm not even looking. I'm just talking to to buy you time. But that's she was in this, and they used she was a cameo role because you where he tries to like hit on her. <laughs> it's like she's like, no, I that was working, right? No, like, no, 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 you, you were, you're creepy. You were kind of a douche, yeah. But then they bring her back, and she plays a like a bit of a bigger role too. And I was like, that was that's really cool. Yeah, you got it, uh, that, Daniela Melancor playing Ura. Melancor, there you go. Quiet, yeah, lovely, 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 lovely. Yeah, she's she's in this too. That was really cool. You can see that the people that work with James Gunn really like James Gunn. And <laughs> like Drax, like uh, not Drax, Batista's out now. Yeah, like he's, he's like, if I'm not working with James Gunn, I'm, I'm out. done doing it. So I expect to see him in the DC, but we'll talk about that when we kind of finish Maybe, up this one. Yeah. Uh, like we were saying, once you get Adam Warlock in here, it's nonstop. Yep. Like we get the nice building of like what Nowhere <laughs> is now because they're putting up the Guardians of the Galaxy sign. You see Peter still strung out, drunk, and like in his woes. Oh yeah, he's doing it again. Well, how do you like the opening with Creep? I was gonna say this is where the music changes. I, d- yes. I didn't mind all the music. It's a little much in it, but it's all over the place. Yeah. It's not as consistent as the I first agree. two. They they play Creep. They play that uh, when they're floating around, and I like that song. And there's stuff that works. It's just well, I think I think Creep works, but it sets the tone for a darker, more depressing movie. Which it was. Yes. This is probably the, the most disturbing yep. of the three, especially if you're like soft on animal cruelty. This is like be, be prepared for that because there's some they don't pull bunches, rough yeah. scenes with animals. Yeah. Um, 
I thought we were getting a Ninja Turtle at some point. <laughs> 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 oh, when they were like making the Fusars and stuff, I thought we were gonna yeah. get a Tokar and Razor. Like it looked like yeah. we always got one. Um, That's what I the, basically, the idea is that the Grand Evolutionary is is obsessed with creating perfect world. a perfect utopia world yeah. and civilization utopia. Thank you. And he won't rest until he does. And it turns out Rocket is his best creation because it's he's just naturally a genius it was like that one i guess one in a million chance the problem with the high evolutionary which is it's kind of funny in a way it's in a dark in like a dark twist way is like he has no patience so it's like he <laughs> makes these he makes these entire worlds right. and they're because there's so many people that they kind of like doomed to fail yeah. and then when it fails he just blows it up it's like okay done we're starting again it's like yeah when dude when, when the octopus is selling like coke to Cockroach. Yeah, cockroach is like, yeah, it's time to leave this world. And it's like, there's ways to like change that without just blowing it all up. It's like, nope, they didn't want to be perfect beings, so we got to get out of here. Done. Uh, Boom. But he wants Rocket not to learn from him, but just to take his brain, basically, figure out how his brain works. Rather than rather than appreciate Rocket for what he is, no. it's like, no, you're a tool. You're a valuable tool. You're a waste. Yeah. Like you're disgusting. But I want what? How does your brain work? Well, it works because it's his. And you get, it's just the you get way those, he's made You get up. those amazing scenes where like he wakes him up out of his sleep. He's like, "How do you? How did it work? How did you understand it?" Yeah. He's like, like, that's just how my brain works now, man." Like, yeah. But it's painful. Like he has no sense of like individuality. It's like you are either part of Legion or not. <laughs> and and this is the most empathetic we've been to Rocket the entire franchise. Like we've we've always liked him. He's always been funny. He's always saved the day. He's always been a dick. He's always great for a one liner. But this is the one you're like. Oh, this is why you're the way you are. Like, he's he finds love in his early life. He finds friends in his early life. Yeah. He's scared as fuck. But between Floor Teeth and Floor Teeth and Layla, uh, Layla, Layla, um, he finds a home. Right? <laughs> Floor Teeth. Right. I think I'll be Teeth. <laughs> Should we give shoutouts to all these uh, crazy? Animals and humans. Animals, the walrus. And the... You'll, you'll do the research when you want to do the research. Um, it's just a hard upbringing because he gets the opening scene too. Yeah. Like you just get the hand of God literally reaching into the cage and choosing That's rocket. Right. Right? And it says, ra- it says raccoon. raccoon right there. He finally right there. realizes what a raccoon is. So you get that full yeah. circle. Like, this, was, this was a movie of closing a lot of circles. And we initially had the bet before walking into this movie of who we thought was going to die. Thinking that James Gunn was Ballsy. going to kill somebody. This, this guy doesn't kill anyone. Does it? But like, I kind of went with my pick because I went with Quill, and Quill is the closest one to like get it. Like, what? You thought Quill's gonna die? I did. I was like, that's that's the uh, best one to, to kill off because no one's gonna expect that. But when his face starts puffing up, I started laughing when he gets those fat cheeks. I was like, they're gonna <laughs> like total recall. They're gonna I was do like it. Total recall. Like, like, ah, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. And then you get Adam Warlock to do his kind of his second life. Right? There's all. His, his hero turn. The, I guess this is the movie of second chances and coming around on everybody else is like we thought you were one thing and you turned out to be another thing because Drax gets his redemption in this movie. Nebula gets his yeah. redemption in this movie. That's that's who I thought it was gonna die. I thought Drax was gonna Mantis die. Mantis gets his redemption in this movie. Gamora gets his redemption in this movie. It's insane what he managed to do with two hours in I got what, like six years? Yeah. But to have Gamora now being the nebula Wanting to roll with the Ravagers because that's where she found the family with, and understanding like I'm not that girl anymore, and like kind of playing the antithesis the entire movie, like she's kind of an antig antagonist um, to Nebula to be so embedded with the Guardians that she understands, 
like she has a love a deep love for rocket because like she rocket gave her that upgraded arm like they she understands rocket so much from the blip years when they spent so much time together like she's kind of a leading force and ends up turning to be like a denmon to like all these new kids that they end up saving uh drax like asks for respect mantis wants to go on her own they bring back the same monsters from the original sorry from volume two where they what's it the the sovereign hire them to take down the battery eating monsters that's right yeah yeah, the, and she, yeah what they're called but the, the things with the tentacles yeah, yeah mantis ends up co-branding them and rolls out like her exit scene is like all right let's go like that's her that's her team like what the man did in this movie is insane i wasn't expecting as many him to tie up as many things as possible arcs yeah he just he, well he, he it's interesting because he tied up everything that he kind of started yeah. and then left a nice nucleus for the next person or director to follow it's like listen this you're set this is your this is your team now because the team changes drastically yes. this is your team now team changes. do what you want with did it. you say your team changes drastically what you know really cool i thought was a really really cool decision one not killing anybody that surprised me more than anybody dying off that was that surprised me and not like understanding that not forcing Peter and Gamora back together. Yes. She's, she even says, like, I am not your Gamora. I am different. Mm-hmm. And it's like, because you, you think, you've seen this so many times where it's like, oh, yeah, she's just going to fall in love with him again because she's the same. No, this is completely different. Completely different experience. That Gamora is gone. Yep. She's literally, she's gone. A whole different yeah. lifestyle, like a whole different lifetime, a whole different missions. What was that What was that analogy, too? You can't jump from the lily pad to the lily pad? Yeah. Why don't you just learn how to swim? swim water. It's like, oh. like that's a that's a good message, Water. He's like, I know metaphors. Yeah. <laughs> Gamora's skin is like a lily pad. Because it's green. <laughs> like what? Yeah, that was, that was and he looks over his shoulder and then he sees Mantis like, all right, I get it. That's that's where it's coming from my sister. And he gets But yeah, this movie this movie isn't about the story really. It's about the evolution of the characters, and that's the sign of an excellent series. In order to save Rock's life, they need to go back into his past unlock you know his past yeah, his, his, <laughs> his, DNA, his, his past genetic unlock. code like they yeah. have to go backward and be like we gotta get those. it was really cool because no i was gonna say like that's, <laughs> that's the MacGuffin, right like yeah he gets shocked his system We're like okay we can't do what we normally do to save him because he's built the way he's built we have to find this specific code in order to implant into him in order to save his life and that's... yeah because the story really isn't that much no. it's, it's really about the characters yeah. and where they have to go together and how the, the trials they have to overcome and just like the the relationship between them all and like you said at the end oh massive spoilers for this by the way <laughs> yeah which one the entire <laughs> franchise spoiler, everything the entire franchise. everything but it's like they all go their separate ways like the ones who feel the even the ones who stay have changed yep. like rocket's like all right he's in charge now yeah like, he's the captain he's like, finally the captain. Go back. Which, yeah. that's a full circle too he's been fighting to full circle. to to run this team and he finally gets to run this team Mantis wants to learn how to like fend for herself, respectable. And I get cool. This could easily been a movie of loss. It's a movie of gain. Like they end up it gaining is, yeah. a whole society of like kids and animals that they build on, right? Um, yeah. I can't remember the name of the adorable girl who ends up joining the team. Who gets the oh, Phalanx, yeah, 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 Phalanx. That's that's Qua- that's Quasar. Jam Jam, is that Quasar? Yeah, the little girl. Yeah, with the white hair. What? Yeah. Uh, what's her name? Phyla, Phyla Rel. It is, and that's our resume. Okay, look at that. 
So I, I, again, I love I love the fact that even though you're saying goodbye to these characters, they're all leaving with something because even Quill gets this moment of like, I'm just gonna go back to Earth, and he gets he gets that sweet moment with his Gramps. Yeah. His Gramps still alive same, at age ninety. Same cast, yeah. He's ninety. He just hugs him and uh, Coke and Dank, I guess, uh, advocates of uh, interracial love. Oh, we, su- we well, support interracial love. love yeah, yeah. I mean, he went for the win. I mean, ego, ego, interracial lover. Uh, I guess Quill's interracial okay, lover. Ego, ego is the king of. Egos. Hold on, no, back that ego, back ego that is the king of. Yeah, but he isn't. He wasn't in love with any of them. No, no, he loved his. He love. loved his mom. His mom, but not the other <laughs> multitude. We don't know. thousands, multitude of races and species. <laughs> 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 we should have ego on emblem. This is interracial. Love. Oh my gosh, <laughs> ego with. <laughs> we should just call it interracial interracial egos. It's the name of our band. This is the name of our band. Interracial egos. Interracial egos. Oh, write that down. Um, <laughs> like we have like we're gonna have a band. <laughs> and then even Gunn gives kind of the nod that Peter Quill will return. So it looks like if there's anyone that is gonna come back, it's, it's the one that has to put on the less amount of makeup. So it looks like yeah. we we yeah. will see Star Lord at some point. As far as I know, or far as I've heard, the only ones that are like done, done, I think are Batista and Zoe yeah. Saldana. I heard, but money talks. Like she, I don't know. He's he doesn't want to come back because James Gunn's gone. She, I think, doesn't want to come back because she was tied in that contract for too long. Yeah. So who knows what time will tell, sure. right? Like and where they're headed, yeah. right? Yeah, uh, a lot of work. And those two, obviously, both were had the heaviest lifting yeah. makeup. Ah, and, and Gillian. Right, but that's right. Yeah, that's true. How much of that was paint? How much of that was just... The first movie, she shaved her head for that. And then by the second oh, movie, she, she could start putting on a wave cap. But that's, okay. that's that's like a day in the chair. Like, she yeah. she does not fair look enough, like her. I, yeah, I, did, I didn't forget about it. I didn't, I, write, I didn't remember her. I didn't think of her. Because I don't know how much of that is... But I guess that would be a lot of practical stuff. Anyway. I don't think uh, Enemy of the Show, Vin Diesel's coming back either. Because... Uh, He's trying to get paid for another word. And they're like, how are we going to pay you for another? I am Groot. More. I'm pretty sure they, tra- I'm pretty sure they trademarked his his uh, voice recordings, and they're good. Is, is he going to become the first uh, casualty of AI? Because AI. I think they have enough of him to be like, we don't, don't need, need you anymore, buddy. But they don't even need AI. They just they have so many. They probably have so many recordings of him saying, I am Groot. 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 They're just going to take that and just I am Groot. I am Groot. love it, right? They'll, they'll give him the credit, but he won't, have to re- he won't have to re-record it, right? But when he get the check is what we're talking about. Yeah, because they just take that one and they warp it around or whatever. Anything else that, so, yeah. but anything else that kill you from this uh, third installment? Is this the best collection of three movies that Marvel have put together? Evenly? I think so. I think so. I mean, I, I was trying not to, I was trying to kind of stay away from too much of that talk because this recency bias is a son of a bitch, right. but it, I don't really know a better trilogy that's already happened, right? Like we've got this Iron Man, mm. Captain America would be the closest probably. Yeah. Thor, and that one has a cheat code. Ant-Man. Ant-Man is not. Because we have not talked about Quantumanium and I don't think we are. But, there's, but it's, I'm just saying the ones that have the trilogy, Spider-Man. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fine. Do you count Avengers as trilogy? I don't, but I probably should. No, because it's a four. Mm, then you can't count Thor. I guess you could. You remove Thor then. 
Thor's got four. Oh, that's true. Yeah, that's true. So we can if we count the three first Avengers. This, yeah, this is probably the strongest. Probably the strongest. I think I think uh, Captain America would be second. Iron Man third. Iron Man, th- yeah, I was just thinking that because Iron Man's gotten better over time. Like I, yeah, look, we, I was really mad when the third one came out, and I watched, we watched the second one. The second one's very, very. Like, it's all over the place, but it's not as bad as we hated it at the time. And it can, it's got a lot of meddling. You can tell there's a lot of people throwing in. But it's got some there. amazing stuff in it, and compared to what yeah. Civil War was, which is like, okay, we're just doing Avengers soft reboot, and then here it is. Yeah, this is Avengers 2.0. Yeah. Um, That's what it was. Iron Man Two has Justin Hammer, and we all want Justin Hammer, so. Why is there no Justin Hammer? Can we get him back? Can I give you what uh, Phase 5 is supposedly supposed to look like for 2022-2024? Yeah, well, first, tell me who your MVP for Volume 3 was. It's Rocket. What are you talking about? Rocket, yeah. yeah so it's Bradley idea. Cooper. Yeah. Also, can we just say one thing about how awesome Cosmo was in this? You were right. You're like, you're going to love Cosmo. She's like, Cosmo kills it. And Craig. Craig calls her a bad dog. And Craig. Craig kills it too. Like Craig and, and we get to see yeah. Craiglin. Craiglin has an evolution. Yeah, see, he even gets a character arc. He yeah. has a full evolution. One thing I did notice is in the second one when they burn up Yandu, he's still wearing his fin. So I don't know how he got another fin. But you can now see like it's mound to Craglin's head because like his skin is now formed up around yeah, it's it. formed around it yeah. but he's a master with it and again i love that scene where he finally rises to the occasion learns to use the whistle with his heart but cosmo comes in and then good girl oh good you're a good, good you're a good girl you're a good job yeah. she finally gets her validation I like how she's obsessed with it the whole time. It's like, you call me back. It's like, Walt. Which is a dog characteristic. Like, where's the ball? Where's yeah, the ball? Exactly. Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? Where's the ball? You called me a bad dog. Well, because like, yeah. you are. <laughs> like, will not drop it. It's like, like, will not go further. It's bad dog. <laughs> and then Cosmo's full arc, right? We even get Howard the Duck back. We get the same uh, pawnbroker in this movie because they were both in Nowhere, right? And as yep. captives with the Collector, and now they're free, yep. right? So... I love whoever is keeping tabs on like, oh, we referenced this in the first one, we referenced in the second one, let's bring it back, let's finish it up. Um, I love that. It's a full-time job. I love that the typography for Guardians of the Galaxy that we've gotten from the beginning finally makes its way into the movie as they're putting up that sign because the sign says Guardians of the Galaxy. It's just in their alien language. So like, I love that nod. Um, I love the fact that they all got like, day jobs like Drax you're, you're supposed to be Drax the dad it's like yeah yeah that uh, he found his calling as a father yeah, yeah. figure right? and then to all the uh nebula white-haired kids <laughs> nebula finally find her soccer side like I'm just gonna kind of be mom to everybody right like, oh. and did you know that little monster in the end you know they open the gate right oh it's, oh that's Pete Davidson. Pete Davidson. yes we did give great shout outs to Pete Davis <laughs> and like, Mandis is like oh, oh. I was scared of other thing behind you he's like thank you yeah. <laughs> just just waddles by. It's like this mutated creature. That's like. So this movie was great about knowing how to balance the heart with the the terror. What? Yeah, it was perfect. Um, because you get that amazing scene of when Rocket finally makes his break and gunshot, gunshot, gunshot. Everybody goes down and like you're like you're feeling for like everybody on the down and then he goes after, um, the high evolutionary and you just rips his face. But you don't see it until you crazy. see it. Because it's not till the final battle when they're on the ship and they pull his face back his and you see what he really looks like. It's like, oh, Racket fucked him up, man. Yeah. Don't fuck with raccoons, people, if you didn't know that before. We're, we're, we live in Raccoon City, both uh, in Kayfabe, which is 
uh, Resident Evil and in real life. Yeah, this is this right, is yeah. raccoon season. Don't fuck with raccoons, man. They can be your best friend, or they can make your life terrible. I can't stand them because there was one that was like it got into my uh, patio furniture. Mm-hmm. And it was trying to make a home inside one of my chairs. It was disgusting. I had to chase it away with a broom, <laughs> but it would not. It would not leave. But I got rid of her, and then I had to like my my cars were destroyed. Anyways, doesn't matter. But it was yeah. I don't I don't like rockets. <laughs> I do like rocket though. Rocket's amazing. Um, save the day. We said he's our MVP. MVP. Yeah. And again, I love that final scene where he decides not to take the final shot and kill the evolutionary. But everyone gets their one punch in or their one shot in to use their they the te- they blast. beat the shit out of they do. <laughs> they do. What, what good is your gravity powers now, bruh? And he's not dead. So again, if someone wants to open the door again, he's a. Okay, he's can I ask you about? The, he's a great villain. Going uh, I think he's fantastic villain. I think he's, he's really, really good. in reverse order. It's probably he's the best villain. Then ego second, and then um, Ronan third. I agree. I would yeah. reverse order of movies, although it's probably one, three, two. One, yeah. I don't know if I like three more than one or one more than three. I haven't, that hasn't settled in with my. I, I can't. The soundtrack for number one just puts everything over. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. And there's that amazing. I mean, there's a. I just. Lo- I always love the scene where Star Lord takes his earphones and puts it on Gamora, and they start swaying, and he's almost got it. He's like, "Don't you!" And I was like, "Yeah." Like this is the perfect. Yeah. You love their characters for that. Like he's so close, yeah. and he actually ends up falling for it, and she does it. And she's like, "No, you have to work harder." No, okay, so what do you think of this bum-ass theory going around? That the, <laughs> not theory, but I guess hope in the fandom that are saying, like, well, if, if all this stuff happens to Jonathan Majors, why don't you just make High Evolutionary a, a Kang variant? No, it doesn't make sense. I don't want that. I think that's ridiculous. That. I think that's so stupid. That's a cheap... Like, so all the villains are Kang yeah, now? No. It's like, come We're on, in Marvel like, with a pantheos of villains. You can bring another villain in, and I'll be fine with, like, all right, you're fine. here's another villain. Yeah. Yeah, don't do the Kang. That's a stupid, More than stupid enough. idea. More than enough villains to go around. Because then they're like, oh, we'll just recast them as, you know, as, like, uh, man, I cannot pronounce that guy's name. I'm sorry. But the, the actor who played High Evolutionary, it's like, oh, we'll just recast Kang as him. Was, I don't mind that. But what I do mind is that all the characters are going to be the same person now. It's like, no, no, I don't. That's not that. Iwajiri. I'm going with his last name because that seems to be the easy one. Yeah. If okay. I'm saying that wrong. Um, he's fantastic. He's fan. I hope he comes he's amazing. back. And again, amazing in Peacemaker. You see a lot of characters from this in Peacemaker. Um, again, a lot of characters from this in Suicide Squad. Whether or not they make yeah. it past the first five minutes, that's as much fun as Suicide Squad. <laughs> Sean Gunn gets. He just gets. Man, he his brother's keeping him employed, man. Him and uh, who plays <laughs> Yandu? What's Yandu's original name? Oh, ah, shoot. Michael Roker. Roker gets. Michael Roker does not make it long. Uh, and I saw him first in Walking Dead, which is great. And Javelin's in the holiday special with uh, Drax and Palm. Who is Javelin? The guy that plays Javelin. Oh, is Park. he? Yes, he's the bartender. I saw that. Oh, he's got the distinct. What's his name? I gotta look it up, but uh, that weird, like that, that weird accent. Yeah. It's like some, it's like some very. Simple name. It doesn't matter. Flugaborg. Flugaborg. That's the one. There you go. Flugaborg. And he's hilarious. Yeah, he is kind of funny. What's your ranking? What's your definitive ranking of these movies? I just said I couldn't do it. I don't know. I'm gonna say reasonably biasedly be damned. I'm gonna say three, one, two. Okay. But that's that's so fluid. Like one and one and three are so fluid. Yeah. And three relies on one and two. But I just you know you can't walk into episode, you can't I, walk into three I, blind and be like oh all of this makes perfect sense to me. No. You love Rocket, I, but. The little touchdowns that you I, got. I, 
I swear at the top of this episode I said I liked two better than one, but that's not that's not true. As I think I, I liked Ego better than Ronan. That's so funny because mm-hmm. Ronan has, number one is the worst villain, which hurts it for and me. And I love Ronan but the Accuser. He's a good character. Yeah. And you like Lee Pace. I love Lee Pace. Lee Pace is a man. But he's, he's just like this this grunt in it. He's got really no dimensions. Just, I gotta serve Thanos. It's funny. That's the one thing they weren't paying attention to, knowing they had Thanos in the background. To like, you're just a sub boss. You're not even going to last yeah. this, right? Yeah. And then, so he was never really that big. And of a kind thing. of building Collector, although they didn't come to fruition until we saw as if. What if? And what if Collector what if? becomes even a, a bigger thing? But one is definitely a setup, and Gunn managed to keep his own little crew together, knowing that we still have to keep Thanos in the back burner. And my two was growth. But he was still learning with the CGI and stuff. But that was definitely growth on the characters. And then three is just a culmination. So, and it was sad though. Three was sad. Three was sad. But like the other two weren't nearly as sad. The nicest sad because you didn't kill anybody. You just gave everybody a nice send off. Yeah. And that's more heartfelt than killing. Like number two, sad, but it's justified. Like it was a sacrifice, and he gets to become a ravager in the end and get the full celebration. So there's there's mm-hmm. all this like heart to it, of like okay, like he made the ultimate sacrifice for this team to move forward, and then Peter gets another understanding of where he his family isn't going. This one's like, this is our family. Um, it's not gonna work out the way you want it to work out, but you you can always come home. This is like you can always come home, but it's that we're, yeah. we're not gonna like it's a goodbye. It, it's it's a hard goodbye. Like I don't like leaving the door open up. Like if they come back and how they come back. Like no, there's no good. There's no coming back. It's, if this is all we get, this is an amazing way to love how we get it. Um, yeah. And again, you can always use my cheat code to get out of uh, any villain, which is what they're calling Phase Five based on Marvel account. Comics how excited are you right now? Secret Invasion. Um, yeah. This is what's listed. I won't give the dates because Writer Strike and Marvel kind of never really knows. a lot of things. Up. So it has Blade, it has Black Panther, Rise of Atlantis, Captain Marvel, Ironheart. It's slotted in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3, but it, it had it for February, so that changed. Fantastic Four. Well, you're looking at an old list. Yeah, it must be. Wasp and Ant-Man, Hulk, Future Imperfect, Thunderbolts, Captain America, yeah, this is, this is, I don't think that's real, Serpent Society. Well, I wanted to get to Avengers Secret Avengers, because we know Captain America is now New World Order. We know Thunderbolts is coming. No, it's not that anymore. It's called... Oh man, they changed it. I just saw it on Instagram. It's New World today. Order. No, they changed it. The I got changed again. It's called Brave New World. I'm not kidding. They, the Marvel Instagram put it <coughs> today. It's a picture of Harrison Ford and Anthony Mackie. Like we're excited for <coughs> the next chapter in Captain America. It, Brave New World. I was like, what happened to New World Order? That's so much better. Brave New World. I'm not kidding. I have. Not, I just saw it today, just before recording. Say it again. Captain America Four: Brave New World. Nobody cares. 